Okay, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 129 of One Before I Die. Welcome back in to the podcast. Week after week, we bring it to you. We are rolling on here, end of March. Um, March Madness rolling on and Sabres rolling on. And now some more free agent moves and, and Bill's moves picking up as well. So we'll get, be getting into all that. Um, but first, thing, first things first, actually, I wanted to kind of bring up, what's the weather like in Chicago? Uh, it's been up and down, but I mean, the sun's finally coming out. It's like low 40s here today. Because it's been snowing for the past two days up here in Rochester, and I just wanted to get that out there. It's just been br- like every mm. time March rolls around, I feel like, and I feel like people in upstate New York and Buffalo, Rochester can relate that the winter just, there is no such thing as spring over here, and the winter just pretty much rolls right into summer at like the end of April, beginning of May, and it was actually kind of nice, and now just snowed for the past two days, so I just had to bring that up, and I was just wondering what it was like in Chicago, because it's literally snowing right now, and it's March 28th, and it's absolutely brutal, and it gets me every year, and yeah. and it sucks, so that that's one thing that was just on my mind, that like, how how is it snowing right now in the middle, of, at the end of March, actually, not even the middle of March, but anyway, um, we are back, as I said, for another episode here, and I pretty much laid everything out that we're going to go over today. I mean, the Bills, um, there's a few announcements this past week. I, I know that right after we were done recording last Monday, you know, we record Mondays and drop episodes on Tuesday. I believe like the, maybe the minute or like the out, like the, the half hour, as soon as we were done recording, the Bills signed Jameson Crowder. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, so we, obviously we weren't able to get that on the episode last week, but we'll just give our thoughts on that situation. And then they also made a, a few more signings on the O-line. Um, I believe that was yesterday, actually, now that you guys are listening to this, it was yesterday. So some Bills news there, as well as the new stadium plans were announced. So um, some state-of-the-art stuff coming to Buffalo Orchard Park with their new stadium that we'll talk about a little bit. The plans look pretty cool. Um, so that's, that's uh, I think, what's on, what's on the docket for the Bills. And then in terms of the Sabres, I mean, they continue to roll on. They've gone to five straight overtime games so that's something to look out for. I went to the game on Friday night against the Capitals, which was a barn burner, ended up losing in a shootout. Um, and then, you know, they played the Rangers on Sunday, and obviously that one went to overtime as well. Uh, they literally played five straight games in overtime or a shootout, which is crazy. So they they continue to fight hard, and um, I think that's kind of all we had on the Sabres. I know, Ethan, you, you, you weren't really able to watch them as of recent, but um, – they continue to fight hard, but we'll get Ethan introduced here, and we'll kind of get rolling with this episode. So, Ethan, how you doing? Good. I just came back from a from a long weekend. I was up in Minneapolis getting some things done for the uh, for my wedding this upcoming fall. So, I've been a little bit out of pocket. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the future in laws aren't big as big Sabres fans as me, so I wasn't able to you know tune into those games. But hopefully, you can carry me like I carried you last week. I did. I was able to catch some highlights, so I think I got like you know a clear picture here. So yeah. Um, okay, so you want to? We'll, we'll probably start here with the Bills talk, and then roll right into the Sabres stuff as we usually do. Um, I guess we'll start with the Jameson Crowner signing because, like I said, that literally broke as soon as we were done recording last week. So I'm sure you know you, you've probably have heard some takes on it, have, have your own thoughts on it, but we haven't talked about it on here yet. So I'm sure it's a it's a good time to bring that up. But Jameson Crowder did sign with the bills. I don't know the term. I don't know the contract. That's not my forte. Ethan, I don't know if you know it. I forgot. It's a one-year contract. Ago. It was a one-year contract. I don't know for how much, but yeah, it wasn't, wasn't a big, wasn't a big deal. 
It was like a couple million for a year, I think. Yeah, so I mean, I, I like this signing. I mean, it's not going to really get me going like a Von Miller signing or something like that. Um, it's almost kind of, uh, you know, it reminded me of like when we got John Brown type thing or Emmanuel Sanders last year. It just seems like we keep recycling these third option guys every year after our other guys kind of, uh, you know, their, their one-year deals up and then we get a new guy that comes in. Obviously, we uh, released Cole Beasley in the recent past here as well. So we needed this, you know, someone to fill in there in the slot. So, I mean, I like the Crowder signing. I mean, he's been a pretty good solid, you know, receiver throughout his NFL career. So, it, I don't know. I, I really don't, like, have too much words for it. I mean, it's a good signing. It's not going to blow, like, blow my socks off. It's not going to – I'm not upset by it at the same time. I mean, I think he's going to contribute. I think he's going to have some big plays. And I think, you know, there will be, like, that Jameson Crowder game like Isaiah McKenzie had against the Patriots last year. But I don't think he's going to be, you know, your top target. You still have Diggs and Davis and – and Knox now after him breaking out. So I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at. I, I liked it. I saw, you know, scrolling through Twitter. Hey, we signed Jamison Crowder. Awesome. I like it. You know, it doesn't blow me away, but we needed wide receivers and, you know, we needed a guy to kind of fill in where Beasley was and, and, and Emmanuel Sanders and John Brown in that same kind of role. So, you know, I, I like it. That's kind of where I'm at. <clears throat> I think I like it more than you. I think he's going to be a higher impact player than uh, what most people think. I think he's been pretty consistent for the Jets on some pretty bad Jets teams, and he had some good years in Washington. Um, he's been a consistent receiver, like you said, throughout his career. Uh, looking at his he's, – he's 5'9", 180. So he's kind of fitting, like you were saying, fitting into that same mold. He's going to play in the slot. Got a lot of speed. Eight years of NFL experience. So I, I think he's going to be a bigger factor than mo more, most people maybe initially think, just because I think he gets – a bad rap for being on teams that aren't always competing for the playoffs. So do you think that like he is going to be like, you think he's going to be a bigger impact player than Beasley was as a bill or no, I think, I think he's going to, I think based on where this offense is at, I think he's in prime position to take over exactly what exactly Beasley's role. Okay. Um, you know, similar, similar kind of situation with Crowder, him and Beasley are both NFL veterans. They've kind of made a name for their themselves playing in the slot. Uh, being sure-handed, maybe not having all of the intangibles from like a physique standpoint, right? He doesn't have like a crazy vertical, or um, <laughs> you know what I, you know what I'm saying? Like he's it's not like he's gonna he's the best athlete on the field, yeah. but I think they're just he just finds ways to get it done. I think he's gonna be that third down um, kind of get out of jail free card that Beasley was. Maybe that's me being a little bit hopeful and maybe taking a little bit of Beasley for granted. But I think he's gonna I think he's gonna be awesome for this offense. And I, I think he's a guy that uh, is, is ready to start winning. Um, like I said, you know, you've been, in the, you're, you've been in the league for eight years and you've been on some pretty bad teams, but you still kind of perform pretty well. I think he's going to have a, a great year and he doesn't have that same pressure that, that Diggs or Davis is going to have. So when um, you were scrolling through and you saw this signing, like was, like was this like a blow your socks off signing for you though, or were you you were just saying oh. you, you think you're like a little I, bit like, more amped up than I was yeah. when I saw it? And maybe I just scrolled through and was like, okay, James and Crowder, household name, I know who he is. But for you, you were like maybe a little bit more deep dive into it, and th you know, you think it's going to be a little bit more of an impact than maybe some other Bills fans do. Is kind of what you're getting at, I think. Yeah, I honestly wasn't. It wasn't like I was targeting James and Crowder like I was for you know we talked about Cordell Patterson like yeah. that was a guy that I was looking at. Um, obviously like when Von Miller broke, that was a blow your socks off signing, but this was like a nice hat tip to Brandon Bean signing where it's like, mm -hmm. 
I don't know. I, I think a lot of people were just assuming that we were going to address some other wide receivers in the draft and we were kind of done with free agency and it's like we, we not still a, might go wide out in the draft though late rounds i know bean likes to do that we, we, we oh sure probably use it right i just think that i wasn't comfortable with both beasley emmanuel sanders um both of them departing i still think we needed someone else in there for sure because like having isaiah mckenzie be your third wide out like i love isaiah mckenzie but he's just he does, he does a different type of thing for the offense. I yeah. think you need a, more of a veteran, an established receiver, uh, a more go-to guy. Like you said, Isaiah McKenzie kind of broke out towards the end of this year, and hopefully he can take that next step where he makes me eat my words, and he is like that every every down slot receiver. But I, I still think they needed a veteran to come in and take those two guys' workload. I don't think you needed to sign two guys to replace both Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders, but I think Jamison Crowder is the perfect mold like that would be the ideal guy I didn't I didn't know he's a free agent I didn't know the bills were looking at him when so when I saw that I'm like oh yeah. absolutely like I think he's gonna be a low-key like fantasy maybe 12th or 13th round pick where you come around on the back end and then you make a, like a nice steal there <laughs> like, like PPR leagues or something like that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I no like- I I definitely agree that we needed to get you know another receiver in there I, I guess when I saw it. and and I don't want people you know thinking and listening to this thinking like I'm not excited or anything I, I guess I just wasn't um, I, I don't know. I just thought it was going to be kind of an, I just, I, I guess I think still it's going to be like another Emmanuel Sanders thing, which isn't a bad thing. I think Emmanuel Sanders was great for the bills. And I think John Brown was great for the bills as well. I, I just, I guess when I saw it, I was like, Oh, that's going to kind of fit the role. But I also could see, I mean, you're right. Jamison Crowder, like I, he's on bad teams and he was, he's good. I mean, he's a good player for sure. So, I mean, I, every time I watch him, I feel like he, he, go, he, you know, gets his catches, he gets a decent amount of yards per game that he goes off in. So, I mean, when you have Josh Allen back there and, and the offense that we have in place, there's no reason why he can't be more of an I impact. I mean, if, than you look at who – like, he hasn't played with are. a good quarterback, right? Like, he's been yeah. playing with Darnold and Zach Wilson in, in New York and then I, in Washington. I don't even know who his quarterback was. Back. It was, like, RG3. I don't, I don't even remember. Yeah, so maybe – maybe I don't know. Was it, like – he wasn't there with, like, Alex Smith, was he? Like, Kirk Cousins, maybe? Kirk I don't Cousins. Know. I don't know. Yeah, maybe uh, – it's, I'm just saying he's never been with like a, a top five, top 10. Yeah, no, he's right? a, he's a good, he's a good receiver. I'm, I'm, I'm not like not excited for, it. I, I, that's why I said, I guess I like, it's a solid signing and should be good. But anyway, I think that's enough on Jameson Crowder. Uh, that obviously happened last week. As I said, I kind of forgot about it as we you know came to record this episode. Um, but then, and, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but were Bodiger and Bates, the only two other signings that happened this past week, did the bills do anything else? I don't think they did. Right. Not to my knowledge. Yeah. So yesterday, today as we are recording this, but yesterday you guys are listening to this, the the Bills uh, re-signed Ike Bodiger, and then later in the day they matched the offer um, that the Bears gave Bates. So he was an RFA, obviously, and that was the big one. So when I, I guess we'll talk about this Bodiger one first. Bucker, Bacher, I don't know how to pronounce the name, but you know who I'm talking about. Um, so they signed Bacher and, and he, and he's more of like a depth guy and he has been for the, for the bills over the past couple of years. And I, I guess I wasn't necessarily like worried is the right word or not, but I guess when I saw them sign Bucker earlier in the day, it like got my mind turning and spinning a little bit thinking like, Oh man, does that mean like we wanted to solidify this guy down because we know that we lost Bates now. And what do you know? It wasn't even like an hour or so later until we, you know, ended up the, the news broke that we matched the, the offer that the Bears set for Bates and we got him back. So it didn't really matter. But anyway, Bakker, I think more of just a depth signing. 
you know, he's a guy that comes in and he's played a lot last year when we had injuries on the guard position. He does a decent job. I don't think he's like a starter type guy, but that's obviously not why we, you know, we have him. You get in mm-hmm. the O-line depth. Um, but then the Bates one was the big one, right? I mean, he's the RFA. He, he went to meetings with Minnesota, Chicago, New England, I believe as well. So a bunch of teams that he went to meet with. The Bears were the ones who offered him a contract. It was a four-year contract. The Bills ended up matching it, and, and boom, he's right back in Buffalo, and that's when you know he's going to be a starter. I mean, he's there for four years. He finally got his, his crack at the job this past year when injuries started mounting up. I feel like he was kind of a sleeper guy that's been in the, the, the Bills team for, what, the past couple of years? He was a rookie maybe two years ago. He never really cracked the starting lineup when you had Feliciano in there, when mm-hmm. he was playing well. You know, Ford was a rookie who played pretty well, and then he dropped off. Um, you know, Daryl Williams moved to guard. Like, he never really got his chance until these injuries kind of mounted up this past year. And then he kind of wally pipped the position, puts him in there at guard, and I thought he was a game changer. I mean, that was half of our yeah. conversations last year during the Bills season, especially the front half of the season, was about the O-line and the O-line struggling and the O-line this and that, and they can't pass protect and they can't do that. Like, there was a lot of discussion on the O-line, at least amongst us, and I know amongst other Bills fans. Bates came in at the second half of the year, and he kind of – you know, changed everything around in a, in a sense, maybe not everything on his own, but I mean, he was a big part of the offensive line turning around. So this was a huge signing. I'm glad we were able to get it done. Um, how tip to Brandon Bean, you get him and Bakker as, as depth. I think you go from an old line standpoint, something that maybe we were worrying about a little bit to now, you know, no worries at all. I mean, you kind of have that solidified backup and it just feels good to get Bates back. I mean, he was, like I said, a big part of that line. And for four years, I mean, he's going to be there for a while. You know he's a starter when you're getting him back for four years. <clears throat> yeah, I, th- I think you're spot on. When Bates came in, it was like a marking point to me of the O-line kind of turning the narrative around in the season. Uh, I believe he stepped in for Feliciano in the left guard spot. And Feliciano was struggling for a, a while the season last year before he got hurt, <clears throat> right? And then yeah. it was a big storyline when Feliciano was returning back from injury, it was like, are the Bills going to give him his spot back or are they going to make him earn it? And they didn't, right? Bates took over and played for the rest of the year. Feliciano kind of came well, in. Well, I think, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but was when Feliciano got hurt, wasn't it – it wasn't even Bates off rip. I think Bakker was, like, the guy they went to at first. Like, I think like, yeah. that's what I'm it saying. Took, like, it took him to, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, he had to climb his way in there. So, because I but think I mean, that's what eventually – Eventually, Bates took over that left guard spot from Feliciano, though. When they saw him play, yeah. he was doing very well. But the thing with Bates, and the same with Bakker, but, I mean, Bates is, Bates is the, the guy, right? He's going to come in and be a starter. Bates can play anywhere on that interior. He can play left guard. He can play right guard. He can pr- even slot into center, I think. Very versatile guy. I looked at a tweet from Matt Beauvais today, and he said, it looks like the starting line is going to be Dawkins left tackle, uh, this new guy, right? Safford at uh at Saffold. left guard, yeah. Saffold at left guard, <laughs> uh, Morris at center, Bates at right guard, and Spencer Brown at right tackle. I mean, sign me up for that offensive line. Obviously, we haven't seen Saffold play as a bill yet. Yeah. Uh, but you know, if if all the reports are true that he's going to be an immediate upgrade, then yeah, sign me up for that offensive line absolutely from the start of the season. And then when you have a guy like Ike Botger that's going to be uh, in the rotation uh, as as a depth guy. Cody Ford, hopefully he can step in and be a depth guy this year for us. But, you know, that starting offensive line look, looks pretty good. I still think in the draft they're probably going to have to draft maybe one or two guys as, as extra depth pieces because, you know, offensive line injuries are, you know, a dime a dozen. Yeah. But, I mean, if everybody's healthy, I think that's a pretty, pretty strong offensive line 
Um, and, and I think, you know, it's well set up to protect Josh Allen so far. Yeah. And, and I guess the, now the focus shifts towards cornerback, right? I feel like that's maybe the one position that hasn't been addressed this offseason. I know we revamped the offensive line a, bit, a little bit, completely revamped the defensive line. Um, you know, the Crowder signing, maybe we could use a little bit more work at wideout still, but we, you know, Crowder and getting McKenzie back. But then you look at cornerback and Trey White coming off an ACL, don't know when he's going to be back. Levi Wallace obviously goes to Pittsburgh. So cornerback may be the focus for the draft. I know that, you know, me and you aren't too big in the draft. We don't really know the prospects. We don't really do our film and research that way. We just kind of go with the flow. And on draft day, then I think I'm Mel Kuyper Jr., but that's another another day, another story. Um, but I'm thinking that cornerback's going to have to be the the focus, right? And, I mean, I guess, you know, free agency in the offseason is not over yet until the draft. Who knows what's up his sleeve? I don't know what's out there. Um, but I guess that's the one position I'm looking out for, I guess is what I'm trying to say here. W- would you agree? I know Dad yeah. said that earlier. I, I would say I yeah. probably agree with that. Yeah, I think I think it's a no-brainer at this point, unless one of these stud wideouts – Drops to you at well, 25. Also, and also real quick, I wouldn't mind. I'm still like not – it's probably not going to be addressed because we got uh, Duke Johnson, but I, I still am like – I'm still like big on the running back like room. You know I am. And like last year that was a big topic yeah, that I always but... talked about. And I would I would have liked – I know it's not going to be addressed moving forward. I guess what I'm saying is I would have liked maybe a bigger address. I wish it would have been addressed maybe in a different way this past offseason. I know the McKissick thing fell through and – I don't know. I, that's that's kind of in the past, but that's something. I'm all I'm all for drafting. I'm all. I would be definitely okay with drafting a running back in day two or day three, but I'm not spending my first round pick on a running back. I just no. I'm not even saying that. I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying maybe. I wish. I wish. I wish we kind of got Patterson. I, I wish something in the off season would have went different with the running back room. But I guess I was just going through like positions of like what we needed to be like fixed or whatever, and I went from quarterback to running back. But I think cornerback's yeah. the biggest one now. I don't know if you would have asked me if what I'd rather them retool the D line and get, you know, some offensive line help and sign, you know, a depth wide receiver. I think I would take all of that before I would go after the running back room, knowing what you got, Josh Allen, you, you need receivers for him to catch the ball. He's your best running back right now, regardless. So I think, you know, I, you need to get, you needed to retool that D line. Number one. Yeah, That was number one for sure. And I, I just think that if you can get cor- – corners are always deep, it seems to me, right, in these drafts. And we were picking late. Like, you got we got Trey White in a similar spot as we're drafting this year in, like, the 20s. So I, I just think that that it's a prime spot to get that corner uh, this year to, to play opposite of Trey White when he get, does return. So you're looking at that first round pick to be a corner now? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. When is the draft, anyway, that comes up in – what I think it's June? the end of the April. No, I think it's coming uh, up here. <laughs> I was like two months off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, all right. Well, there's that. Uh, last thing on the Bills front here. News broke yesterday, and I think this has obviously been in the works for a little bit. I know, I know we've talked about this a little bit um, the past season with the whole you know dome no dome thing was a big big topic in the in the season about the Bills stadium. Um, but the Bills in, in New York State and Erie County have officially reached a deal, 30-year deal to build a brand-new $1.4 billion stadium in Orchard Park. Now, off-rip there, when that says 30-year deal, does that mean, like, they're going to build it and it's a 30-year, like, like that's it's 
good for 30 years like what does that mean <laughs> like the, i don't know are the bills locked into playing there for 30 years is that i don't know yeah, what like means. what okay like what happens after three years i guess that's probably is what it means i don't know that's a, it's a yeah. long time whatever oh, re- re-sign a contract after the three years are up i don't know yeah whatever um just some details here this is all via the buffalo news um it will create 12,000 union construction jobs it's expected to open in 2026 so we still have a few more years here in the in the ralph here in op um it's going to be in Orchard Park still just due to the cheaper and faster uh, build than downtown would have cost an extra $350 million to put it downtown. Um, and I guess some research concluded that fans want the location to stay in Orchard Park. It's expected to seat 60 to 62,000 fans with another room um, or with room for another 5,000 standing room only party deck, which could be the difference. Um, dome ruled out based on ROI, 80% of seats will be covered by partial roof designed to protect fans from inclement weather. So that's kind of like the big thing right there. Dome ruled out. And then 80% seats will be covered by partial roof designed to protect fans from inclement weather expected to have grass field. Um, and that's pretty much it. Larger seats, amenities, all that stuff. But the whole dome thing, like that was the big thing. And I know we talked about this a little bit. I was always team no dome, but I was always (laughs) wanted to have like, high ceilings and like maybe an overhang and exactly what it sounds like. So I'm like, this, this got me hype. Like this is exactly what I wanted. I wanted no dome. I think Buffalo, you, you go for the no dome. It's, it's part of the, the character, the blue collar city, whatever you want to say. I know you want Josh Allen slinging the ball out there and good weather. I get it, but it's still Buffalo. The new super beats hard shoes advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeatsBeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. It's part of it. Teams come in January in the playoffs. You want them to be cold and uncomfortable. I will die on that hill. I don't care. I like the 80% covered, though, because that means wind might be taken out of the equation. We already proved that wind is really the only factor in, like, making this offense struggle. Like, that was such a – like, the playoff game against the Patriots was such a big – like argument for no dome because if the weather's fine in terms of no wind and whatever it can be negative 10 degrees we can still put up 50 points right so like that's all that matters so that was such a great argument my point i know the other patriots game when the winds were whipping obviously that was a tough look for no dome people but if you got the 80 percent covered the high walls whatever i think this is a perfect stadium state of the art i'm excited for it i mean obviously the bill stadium has been around for a while 2026 is a few years away still but i mean this is gonna be sick and that party roof deck with 5,000 rooms for standing room only like that could get rowdy bills mafia knows how to do it good um but i'm excited for this i I am and i'm excited that the the route they took with the no dome but still trying to cover it for for weather and and keep that kind of you know on a level playing field so that's kind of my thoughts you have any thoughts on this when you're reading it over no i i mean i kind of agree with all that i mean i i also like this the covered seating for me going to the game (laughs) <laughs> no, we went to the we went to the Colts game this past year when they also got blown out and it was like pouring rain on me the entire time. So that was not an enjoyable experience sitting in the rain and watching the Bills get smacked. So I, you know, I, you know, hat hat tip to that for being a fan at the game. Yeah. Um, also, the thing that stood out to me: the current stadium holds, I think, like seventy two ish, seventy two thousand. Oh, so it's gonna be less. So it's gonna be ten thousand seats less. Interesting. Okay. I didn't know what but, the I didn't know what the current one held. Yeah, I think it's it's low set. Fact check me on that, but I believe it's seventy two thousand. Um, they did say that they're like you mentioned they're putting in a standing room only like deck for that's going to hold another five thousand. 
So that could get kind of rowdy. I don't know, depending on what that's going to look like. That's what I'm um, saying, yeah. I mean, that's just the one thing that jumps out at me. If you're taking away, you know, 10,000 seats, that means ticket prices are obviously going to be way more expensive. So I think it's going to be harder, you know, harder for the average Joe to go to a football game. Um, well, with that being said, I, I don't mind a little. I don't think it's going to take away. Like, I don't think the 10,000 seats less is going to take away from like the noise level or the environment. I still think it's going to be awesome. It's probably going to be more enjoyable when you're there because you're going to have more room. They even said, I think yeah, bigger I mean, it's, seats. Just, it's just so, going to be, it's just going to be, I mean, it's what a $1.4 billion. Like it's just going to be a nicer stadium, right? I mean, nicer stadium, how, long, yeah. how long has the Ralph been around? It's been around forever, right? It's going to be yeah. sick to go to games there. I mean, there, there's new state of the art. Not that I like necessarily care about like, I mean, if we're winning, I really don't care. Um, but I mean, you got all these new stadiums popping up everywhere. It's gonna be nice to have, you know, a cool one in Buffalo, and should be a good time to go to games. Also, with the, I know you said, I just did look it up. Uh, new Era Field, Highmark Stadium, right now does hold seventy-one thousand six hundred eight people, so it's gonna be around ten thousand people less. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said you don't think it's gonna take away from the environment and the and the rowdiness, which I completely agree with. And obviously, I don't know, like we don't like the blueprints of what this thing's gonna look like. But if I'm what I'm picturing in my head when they say it's gonna like cover eighty percent of seats, kind of like to protect from the weather like i'm thinking maybe like kind of like a seattle seahawks type thing where it like funnels the noise right like mm-hmm. maybe you could get even a little bit louder if it's funneling the noise bouncing off the walls i don't know it's it's gonna be a cool stadium i'm excited for it uh i just thought we'd go over that a little bit just because of you know the the news did break yesterday i mean say what you want about like i'm excited for it because say what you want about the pagulas as far as like how they handle the actual ownership of the teams but like everything that they've built so far um, the Sabres front with like the <clears throat> Harbor center and all, and all that stuff has been sick. So like, I kind of yeah. trust them to build something state of the art, modern, uh, and, and build it for <laughs> Buffalo. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I, I will say though, the key bank center is kind of brutal. Like yeah. The Harbor center sick, the actual key bank center, like yeah, not, but they haven't done anything with that yet. No, I know. I, and not like brutal, but no, I, yeah, they haven't done anything, but I'm just saying like, it's, I go to other it's stadiums. It's definitely outdated. It's, it's outdated. I mean, yeah. so we went to the game. I mean, perfect story here is we went to the game Friday night, dad and I, and like, I think, and then also the game that when you were in town for Thanksgiving, the same thing yeah. happened to us two times in a row. And I don't know how this even happens. This doesn't even like have anything to do with like the niceness of the stadium, but like we go to get a blue light at the concession stand and the keg doesn't work. It took them like 10 minutes just to get us a beer because it's just all foam. They had to like wait like 20 minutes to get me a beer because it was all, it's like, that's why you got to get a can. It's just, I know. And, and you're right. And I got a can the next time, but it was just like, what, like, what are we doing here? Like the team's not great. Like, just can I get like a beer without having it be like half foam and taking up 20 minutes of my time? It's just like little things like that. Where I'm like, dude, like, what are we doing? Um, so yeah, that stadium's a little bit dicey. I'll say that much. But anyway, speaking of the Sabres, I think we'll move on to them now, right? Anything else on the Bills or the Bills Stadium? I'm well, I will say, segue, because all of this stadium talk, I don't know if you know, but, like, the NFL coaches are down in Florida or whatnot doing their whole, like, coaches meetings and stuff. And Brandon yeah. Bean was speaking, and I think there was some Pagula uh, executives, Pagula Sports and Entertainment executives down there. And it was brought up. Like someone straight up asked one of those Pagula uh, sports and entertainment executives, are the Sabres and the Harbor Center for sale? And they said no. Yeah. So we tried to get that guy on that was saying that he had inside sources. (laughs) I I forgot his account. Yeah. Uh, Bar Down Buffalo, I think. Bar Down Buffalo. Like, what's up, Bar Down? Because (laughs) we got some guy saying that they're not for sale. So I'd love to hear if if your sources have backtracked. Are they for sale or not? (laughs) 
but right, right from the horse's <laughs> mouth is shutting down bar down Buffalo that the Sabres are not for sale. Yeah. I mean, we tried to get him on and the day of he canceled. So, I mean, it makes you think, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, speaking of the Sabres, as I said, at the beginning of the episode, they have gone to overtime or shootout in five straight games, which is just kind of wild to think about that. <laughs> every game is just going to overtime. Um, they were on a little bit of a heater. They won seven out of their last 10. Then they lost two in a row here in a shootout and then overtime. Um, but this past week, I think, so last time we talked, they were coming off that West Coast road trip. So, yeah, then, so they played Pittsburgh, they played Pittsburgh, Washington, Washington and the Rangers. And the Rangers. And then are you going to the game tonight? I was supposed to, but I just got too much, too much stuff going on <laughs> from my, from my, road trip back that I need to be responsible and take some things, take care of some things around the house. All right. Well, anyway, they do. So I'll be watching Chicago. from the couch. Yeah. I'll be yeah. watching from the couch. Um, as you guys are listening to this, they played to them last night, uh, but they did beat Pittsburgh in a shootout. Then they lost to Washington. That was the game I was at. Then they lost to the New York Rangers in overtime as well. So, I mean, listen, listen, the, the team has been playing well. I, I, I honestly have no complaints here. Um, I mean, you, you'd like to get wins. They were winning this month. Uh, they had a great month, honestly. And, I mean, the Pittsburgh game, winning a shootout, Washington game, they honestly didn't play great, to be honest, and they still found a way to, you know, take it to a shootout and almost win that one. And then the Rangers game, they started out extremely slow, and, and they, they were able to bounce back and, and force that game to overtime as well. So you're not getting wins here, but this team is a lot different than the team you saw at the beginning of the year. I think these games here, these, especially these past two games where they lost in overtime and a shootout, is games at the beginning of the year, they would have lost like six to one in regulation. And instead right. of getting a point and they're forcing the game to overtime and they're getting chances in overtime. And honestly, the overtime team looks a lot better than it did the beginning of the year. I think they're maybe three and eight now overall in overtime throughout the year. But they're la- but those three wins have come within like the past two weeks in overtime. I think they're maybe like three and two, three and three within their like last six overtimes. They didn't know how to play in overtime at the beginning of the year. It seems like they've turned it around. Eakin goes out, wins a draw. Darlene is super calm and super patient with the puck, keeps possession all the time. His confidence is growing. I mean, I mean, the team is completely different. It, it, it just really saddens me to see that this game on Friday night that we were at, the stadium, and I know we talk about attendance a lot, the stadium is just still not as full as it should be. It, the way the team is playing and the, the effort that they bring in every night and – the way they're coming together and, and I feel like a lot of people online are bringing the buzz about them and we're all on the same page, right? We're like, Oh, this team's exciting. A lot to look forward to. It's just, I wish we would start getting that Buffalo camaraderie back because they deserve it. I mean, this team's been playing well. Hats it to Donnie Granado, Donnie meatballs. Um, Ethan's got the shirt on there, but I, I mean, I don't know. This seems really fun to watch. And, uh, and I, there's nothing better than like Buffalo Sabres hockey being, being good and being entertaining. And I know they're not at that next level yet, but it's getting there. Um, and so I'm excited, and, and I want people to start showing up again. So that's kind of my little rant on the, this past week of Sabres hockey. I know you didn't really watch much, but I don't know if you have any. I mean, taking four, four out of six points against three playoff teams, I mean, that's big, right? And, and yeah, it's tough. I mean, one of those games you're playing in Madison Square Garden, the building looked absolutely rocking from the highlights that I watched uh, yesterday. <laughs> and they were down two to nothing, and they battled. They got a lead, and they – took that game to overtime. That's like you were saying, that's a game. Like if you played that game in October of this past year, November, they're getting smacked seven to two and it's not even going to be close. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're playing for each other. 
again, you can see the chemistry building, the identity building. And yeah, you're right. I mean, it's sad to see. I, I'm I'm really, really uh, nervous for Rick Jenner on Friday because he deserves better if it's going to be like yeah. a half full building. That's what I'm saying. So that's, that's kind of what I was getting at. It's like, go to that game, like support this guy. Um, the other thing is, shout out to Jeff Skinner. Nothing, watching Jeff Skinner score hockey goals never gets old. This guy loves scoring. Like you watch him after he scores, like there's nothing more that he likes doing than scoring hockey goals. And he's been on an absolute tear. Scored twice in the Washington game, scored again in the Rangers game. He's going to get 30 this year. Tage Thompson's probably going to get 30 How this year. How many is he at? How many does Skinner have? Skinner now has 27, I want to say. I think Thompson has wow. 27. So they're both, if, you know, barring anything, you know, any complete and utter drought, they'll both get 30 goals this year, which – you know, that's a good trivia question for the fans out there that I don't know off the top of my head. When was the last time that the Sabres had two 30-goal scorers? I know that when Skinner scored 40 goals two years ago or three years ago, whenever it was his first year with the Sabres, that was the first time the Sabres had a 30-goal or more scorer since, I think, 2011, 2012, when Jason Pommaville scored 30 goals. I, I remember looking that, that up back in the day. And now, mm-hmm. you know, two 30-goal scorers on the team, I mean, in this economy, I mean, it's the first time since I don't know when. So that's good, something good to look up. But um, but he's been buzzing. I love to see him doing well. It just it just stuffs it to Ralph Kruger every time. Um, Thompson, you know, he's been hot, and uh, I don't know, I, I don't know what else to say. But I just wanted to give a give a shout out to Skinner and those guys because it's. it's what about a, a shout out to uh, to Devin Levi? I know his season ended at Northeastern. They got yeah, the Frozen Four going we can, on. Right we now. can talk about yeah. Uh, he played great in that one game that they lost. Yeah, did you uh, did you end up watching any of that? Or? I saw part of it. Yeah, so I watched. Yeah, I watched the second period on. They lost in overtime, and it sucks. I mean, he they lost two to one in overtime. He played unreal. He had thirty five plus saves. The goal that they lost on in overtime was kind of his fault, to be honest. I don't know if you saw the overtime the overtime goal, but he went to play the the puck behind the net, uh, turned it over, and almost made like a like I tweeted it out from the one before I die account that. I was like, wow, Levi just made a Marty Baron save. Remember when, like, Baron, mm-hmm. like, the classic Generet call a cop uh, call when, you know, against yeah. Philly, he goes out, tries yep. to play the puck, and then miraculous save. Levi did the exact same thing. He, he saved the puck, but it was, like, it, was, it crossed the goal line by, like, this much. He, he, he gave the puck away behind the goal line, dove in front, and they ended up scoring on a wraparound, which he almost made an unbelievable save. Sucks that's the way his season ended. I mean, he was their best player all year. And it's super, super hopeful for him to be good in, you know, in a Buffalo Sabres uniform. He is a Hobie Baker finalist. He was the Hockey East rookie and the Hockey East player of the year. Hobie Baker finalist. If he wins the Hobie Baker award, here's, an, here's another little trivia question. If he wins the Hobie Baker award, he will be the first goalie to win the Hobie Baker award since do you know who? Ryan Miller. Yes. So that would be just like, I would love that. Like Ryan Miller, the last Hobie Baker winner as a goalie. Devin Levi, both Sabres, like that would be just such a sick story. So he had an unbelievable year. And now like a lot of people love to say, you know, Devin Levi watches officially on now because his college season is over. We don't know. Are the Sabres going to sign him? Is he going to go play in Rochester for a little bit? I'm not too well versed in how all that stuff works, but I don't know if you know any more on that, but they can sign him and send him down or uh, I don't, I don't really know. Yeah, I don't know. I was just going to see, going to be looking to see if they do sign him, if he does play for whoever Rochester, Buffalo. Yeah, him and and then I mean on the other front, Michigan advanced right to the Frozen Four. Yeah, so Michigan and Minnesota advanced. Minnesota has Ryan Johnson and another guy I forgot his name that are both Sabres products. Ryan Johnson, defenseman, and they also have a forward who actually scored in the quarterfinal game. Um, 
So they won. They move on to the Frozen Four. And then Michigan's just an absolute wagon. Mm-hmm. Portillo, I was watching that game a little bit yesterday. Portillo, or sorry, Sunday. Portillo's really good. He's making saves left and right as well. And then, you know, I didn't watch too much of it, but power looked pretty solid when he was out there as well. So Michigan moved on. They have, I mean, four top ten picks on their team. Yeah, they, like if they don't win, that will be like absolutely shocking. Yeah, so once those teams are out, once Minnesota and Michigan's out, then we'll, I guess, see what happens with all the Sabres prospects, see, you know, if they get signed, what, what the deal is with them. I don't ex- exactly know, like I said, how that process goes, but I'm sure. Yeah, we're we'll maybe looking at one at more point. week without Owen Power on the Sabres. Yeah. according to Ad- Elliot Friedman, he's playing for the Sabres this year, so. All right, well, there it'll it is. Interesting. It'll be interesting. Yeah, well, Elliot Friedman, Elliot Friedman also said this, that Eichel was going to get traded like nine months before he got traded. <laughs> you know how I felt about that whole situation. He just he just talks. I don't know. I like listening to Elliot Friedman on the after the the whistle podcast. So <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure I'm sure he's right on that one. Yeah, I'm sure we'll see we'll see power, but hopefully he goes out and gets his championship. Um, but anything else? I'm trying to think if I had anything else for Sabers. You have anything else for Sabers? Sabers talk. Uh, I mean, obviously the deadline was last week. We talked about that. I don't know. Season's coming to an end here, though, right? Only like uh, what one more month left here in April. Yeah, yeah, one more month, a couple more weeks. Hopefully, they can get a few more wins and and keep the streak rolling. I mean, the, yeah, they've lost a couple, but they're still at a point streak alive here. Yeah. Okay. So, do you want to move on then? I guess to just the Buffalo sports figure. Yeah. Sure. All right. I don't really have one in mind yet. I forgot to. I forgot to think. I got one. one. So, do you want me to go? Uh... Want me to go first, or you got to sure. guess first? Yeah, I'll guess first. So, yeah, again, for anybody new listening or watching, this is our nice little segment that we like to round our episodes out with during the little off season here in the summer. Um, guess the Buffalo sports figure. We like to say we'll put 45 seconds on the clock. Ethan, or I'm going first this time. Ethan will, uh, you know, think of someone, uh, a Saber, Bill, past, present, coach, GM, whatever it is. I'll have to get, ask questions and guess who it is within 45 seconds. Um, yeah. That's that's pretty much it. <clears throat> All right, ready? Three, two, one, go. Sabers organization? No. Bills? Yes. Player? Yes. Playing right now? For the Bills? Yes. No. Um, played from last year? No. Played in the, playing the league still? Yes. Wide receiver? No. Defense? No. Special teams? No. Offense? Yes. Quarterback? Yes. Uh, uh, Trubisky. No. Uh, Jake Fromm. No. Quarterback. Uh, Barkley. No. Other <laughs> quarter. Taylor. No. Five seconds. Um. Three, two, one. And all right, I get one final guess. And you said he's still playing in the league, and he didn't play for the Bills last year. Correct quarterback didn't play um i'm gonna go nathan peterman no Ugh. ryan fitzpatrick dang <laughs> is he even <laughs> if he is he signed to someone right now i think he's a free agent <laughs> oh. all right i guess that was a fair one i mean dang i wasn't i mean how, what do you what is the asterisk on that it's not really an asterisk, I guess. I just, I mean, I named a million quarterbacks. I, I didn't think Fitzy. You're bad. Do you think you would have gotten Fitzy? I mean, he's an icon. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. I got to think of someone quick. 
Um, all right, I got one. This one might be a little bit more difficult, but I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Let me get 45 seconds on the clock here. <laughs> You're giving me a hard one after your, your performance there. All right, ready? Yeah. Set, go. Bills. Nope. Sabres. Yeah. Uh, coach. No. Uh, offense, defense. Defense. Uh, goalie. Defense. Defense. Uh, does he play on the team right now? No. Did he, is he still playing in the NHL? No. Uh, did he play in the 2000s? Yes. Um, Alexi Zitnik. No. Nope. Uh, did he play on the teams with Briere and Jury? Yes. Brian Campbell? No. Um, Henrik Talinder? Yes. <laughs> you think you're sick at this game. <laughs> I, th- I mean, I'm not losing. I told you that. <laughs> Dang, I got to get back on the board. I haven't, I haven't won in like two weeks. All right. Well, <laughs> there it is. Guess the Buffalo sports figure. One last question before we sign off for you. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you wet your toothbrush before you put the toothpaste on or after? After. Really? You don't wet your toothbrush until you put the toothpaste on. You yeah. don't wet your toothbrush and then put the toothpaste on. You you just put it on and then. All right, no, wait. No, I I I rinse my toothbrush off and then I put the toothpaste on. Okay, all right, same. <laughs> wait, why why? Just 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 thought. All right, anyway, <laughs> that is a uh, one before I die episode one hundred and twenty nine. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, if you listened on. The Built in Buffalo YouTube, uh, we have our visuals up there now, as you see this whole this whole uh, podcast. Obviously, I know last week it was just kind of the audio, but we're doing the video now, I believe. Um, so thank you guys for tuning in. Go Bills, go Sabres, as always. And we will talk to you guys next week. Time's supposed to heal. I don't feel any different. Decent in the world.